one of the most pressing issues for me is script reading. I think from a very young adult stage, I became very concerned about reading what script I'm reading in my life. And I mean it obviously in metaphorical, not like anyone's giving me a literal script to read, but I do think that the notion of script reading is a very powerful analogy to how we manifest in our lives, how we show up in our lives. And what I mean by script is adopting a particular overriding paradigm that will dominate my decision-making process, my terms of engagement, my field of interests. If I have a script, it means that I have a part to play, and once I've defined the part that I'm playing, the character I am in this story, so then I'm going to be faithful to that character. So, for example, were my script to be Western, educated, male, so then the kind of part, the character I am, that character needs to have primary, secondary, and tertiary education. That character has to look a certain way, physically, emotionally engage in a particular spectrum of emotions, has an expectation of a certain level of financial viability, has a field of interests which are in a specific area. Western male will qualify from a university, will pursue employment in a job which is financially viable, perhaps ideally will lead towards wealth. Field of interest will probably revolve around, will touch on most obviously sport. And terms of engagement will be based on the cultural milieu that that person finds themselves in. So, for example, if they're in a, and this is my go-to because it's what I'm most familiar with, a South African cultural setting, so then conversations will start with, how's it? How you, bro? Good, how you? Sweet, what's going on? Ah, you know, not much. And you? Yeah, cool. How was it last night? Yeah, I was unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> what, what, that was... Sick. It was properly sick. And you know, same, both same. Now that conversation that I've just enacted is a real conversation being had by someone right now. We can argue on the level and the depth of the content and we're at to know um, other cultures and be able to speak about them, I'd probably be able to do it much more broad range. But you can fill in, the, you can fill in your conversations that you're having. Um, perhaps we'll have um, Daniel Nussbaum telling us how the similar Australian conversation would happen. How, how would that sound like? Yeah, it's going on. Yeah, not much. Yeah, cool. All right, there you go. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, not much. You? You're not ready. Okay. See you later. Yeah. So that could be Australian. I imagine there's, there's a British equivalent. Sam, what do you reckon the British equivalent would be? So we've got it down, we've got it down. In other words, you know the words to say. You know the words to say. 
but, but, and you know, you know the clothes to wear, and you know that certain things are, you've got a character. You've got to play the character. You've got to play the character. Now, the script can be emboldening. If that's, if that's your part, that's amazing. You know, if that's your part, then play your part. The problem is what happens when you never audition for that role. You never were invited to see if that's actually the part that suits your character. And maybe you're just playing out the wrong, you've got the wrong script. So I want to make a script. So how do I know that the script's right or wrong? How do I gauge? I mean, do I know that the script is right for me or wrong? Well, there's an element of, does it resonate? Does it resonate? Is, is that, do I feel expressed? Do I feel this is speaking to the deepest part of myself? Do I feel this is me? Or not? And that's a very difficult question to ask because it's a deep question, so a confronting question, and it's a destabilizing question. Because what happens if the answer is, no, it's not? And I do think people ask this question. I've spoken to numerous people in the middle of their tertiary education especially, and they say, ah, I, just, I just hate this degree. Or even later, I hate this job. Which means they don't like the role they're playing. Or they say, you know, actually, I just feel like no one in my social circle gets me means there's something going on, there's something going on. In order to create reality internally, we've got to figure out what's our character, what's our script, what am I reading? Essentially, that's the topic of Elul. Elul is trying to isolate the character that I'm playing and to get the plot clear. What's going on? What's, 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 what's the broader plot? And what, the character in terms of what the character's components are, what's the personality, what kind of s- stuff are they using? But there's more than that. There's also, well, in, in, in the plot, what's my role in the plot? People often think that Rosh Hashanah, the day of judgment, and the Rabbeinu Shalom becomes the gigantic accountant in the sky. And he's got these gigantic spiritual ledger books. And he puts the name of the person. By now, probably he's moved online. So, uh, spreadsheets. And he puts your name there. And then there's the days of the year. And then there's the, the minutes, I suppose, that maybe the seconds. And you, you know, when, when you're infinite, things kind of can be speeded up. And he's got, he's got this like Excel sp- spreadsheet of all the seconds of the last year. And then he's got like ticks and crosses. Um, you know, checks and crosses. All say, okay. So, okay, so we're looking at, um, okay, looking at David. Hmm. Just after Yom Kippur, hey? Well, there you go. Oh, one second. Looks a bit better. And, and things like kind of, he's got this gigantic calculator and goes, ooh, not good. Not good. Or, he made it. Uh, that would be, I imagine, extremely primitive and distorted. The Ramchal, Moshe Chaim Lutzato, he describes the notion of the Day of Judgment is a call for perspective on reflecting on my life and recognizing the role I play in the context of the organization that I belong to. Being a person who's a spiritually growing growing Jew is ironically not a solely individualistic quest for spiritual enlightenment. It's actually collaborative and communal.
the way that we express our spirituality is extremely diverse, but it requires a immaculate coordination, not only with our own personal struggles, triumphs, and failures, but with the entire nation as a whole. And as much as we have a personal, individual purpose, that, that purpose takes place in the context of the nation. A person, the Rambam says, there's expression in Pirik Avis, Al-Tifrash Minat Tzibur, don't separate yourself from the Tzibur, from the community. The Rambam says, a person that decides to go on his spiritual journey completely isolated. He finds himself a cave in the small, small, deserted mountain off the coast of Corsica. And there he becomes spiritually enlightened by studying the Jewish texts, praying and doing what needs to be done. And he wants no connection at all with the Jewish people. He's considered someone that doesn't belong to the Jews. He's, re- he's completely reneged his connection to the spirituality and the Torah. But what did he do? He's doing everything. He's shockling like a beast. His senses are so big. Often he wakes up at night suffocated because they're coming all over them. His feelings are so black he can't see them in the dark. And yet... He's not considered part of the Jewish people, but why not? Because our goal is collaborative. We do not only exist as individuals, we exist as team players. Good. In a team, the individual must play play a crucial role using his strengths to the nth degree, but in coordination with the team, not as an individual. A critique on South African soccer, tell me if this is still true. Cotton? that the reason why, even though South African players have got legendary ball skills, but they don't pass. Is that still a problem? There you go. Right? There you go. In other words, having the ball skills, you can be an amazing player, but if you don't know when to pass, you're not going to win the game. You've got to know when to pass the ball. So we have a duality in terms of our purpose. We have an individual purpose and we have a collective purpose. We have a role to play. That's where character comes in. What's the character I'm playing? Because a character doesn't exist in isolation. A character exists in a context. And my context is very specific. I was born in a particular generation. None of us are living in the 1800s. Just checking in to make sure that that's accurate. If you do feel you are living in the 1800s, that's not okay. <laughs> we should really have a chat. We're living here. 2022. 2022. And none of us are, were raised in the Meir Sha'arim. None of us were raised in this environment. When I recognize my geography, my context of space, my history, how I got to the place where I am. My psychology, how my inner structure persona is built. Then I can have a clue as to the character that I am in this story and the role that I need to play and what resonates and what doesn't resonate. And the reason why I'm really saying this is firstly for Rosh Hashanah, but secondly, many of you engaged in Slichot. And I, initially, when reading Slichot, felt I was reading a script that was not my own and playing a part that I never auditioned for. And one of the tremendous struggles of the build-up and preparation for Rosh Hashanah and for Yom Kippur and this deep self-reckoning and looking inside and seeing can allow me to lose my 
character and to just grab onto a script which I feel is the one I need to say and then start proclaiming the words because these are the words that need to be said. But when I don't connect to them and I don't identify them as my character, well then I'm left playing a part that's not my own. And that's way worse than just being myself and not reading the script that was carelessly handed to me. So one of the things I'd like us to look inside, look inside and think, when I'm presented with this presentation of the spiritual apparatus that facilitates this approach to this awesome day, and the day is awesome, and the day has a kind of powerful spiritual energy that Rav Deslik makes the following comment. In life, during the course of an average day, we have multiple micro-decisions. For example, every one of us woke up this morning. If you did not wake up this morning, please come see me afterwards. Everyone woke up this morning, and we made decisions what we wanted to do with our time in those first 15 minutes. Those are micro-decisions. Coffee now, coffee later. Get dressed now, get dressed later. Push snooze, don't push snooze. Micro-decisions. We came to the breakfast room, we made decisions. Micro-decisions, should I eat this, should I eat that? Should I spend a little bit longer at breakfast? Should I spend a little bit quicker at breakfast? Etc., etc. You pass a person, do you say hello, don't you say hello? Those are micro-decisions. Occasionally, you get a macro-decision, a crossroads decision. You meet a woman, and you decide whether you should marry her or not. That decision is radically going to predict your future in a very powerful way. That's a, that's a crossroad decision. Should I engage in this career, take this job? That's a macro decision. Should I live in this country? That's a macro decision. Those crossroads decisions. Those decisions are going to herald changes which will evolve over a lifetime and will radically alter the path and the trajectory of who you are. Radically. Avdesla says that Rosh Hashanah is a crossroads decision. Because on that day, depending on how you show up and what you're coming with, you will be awarded, awarded resources. And those resources will be determined, they will determine enormous amounts about where your future lies up, lands up. So throughout the generations, the day has had a kind of energetic feature that's compelling. And even amidst Jews who have lost almost all connection to their heritage, Rosh Hashanah still, still beckons to them. Even three or four generations after they've stopped any other kind of observance, Rosh Hashanah and could speak to them. The eerie sounds of Kol Nidre are still something that the soul yearns to be a part of. Because there's something powerful in this day. There's something valuable about this day. There's something precious about this day. And the day is basically, I'm showing up and I want to get clear my character and I want to define my role. It's almost as if I've been called in to reevaluate and establish where my priorities lie. What am I trying to do with my life? Each and every one of us has been given untold internal wealth and resources to powerfully influence the direction of the world 
for sure the people in our immediate proximity, but that circle spreads out further and further and further. And the more we become in touch with the greatness that we possess, the more we become responsible to utilize it in the area of powerful change and productive investment of time. And therefore, in a certain sense, yes, Rosh Hashanah is a day of reckoning. It's a day of ultimate self-introspection to honestly evaluate where am I and what am I doing. Not in a guilt-ridden or narcissistic fashion, but rather in a open, engaged, curious, calm fashion of, whoa, what an amazing opportunity I have to access almost unlimited assistance to provide me with the support to become the person I need to become. And to recognize the value and the meaning of my contribution. And if you think about it like this, on a global picture, Here we are, discussing this idea over 3,000 years after its inception. Jewish people are an extremely ancient nation. And as we travel through history, we have constantly left a powerful impression on the world. The footprints of our patriarch Avram Avinu still move through history undeterred, radically influencing the psyche of the entire Western world, the Near Eastern world, and possibly the actual Far Eastern world as well. There are those that say that Keturah, the wife of Avram, had children who he sent to the East with gifts. And those gifts form the basis of the Eastern religions. So possibly there was this, the patriarch, the father in faith of our, of our system. is still palpably, palpably felt through the experience of our world today. If it's the 2.4 billion Christians or the 1.4 billion Muslims. Or that tiny little Jewish people that seem to be the carriers ultimately of it all. And here we are, having the privilege to be part of the nation. And really, the reason why any of us are here today um, is it's a freak. It's a real freak. If you think about that, that 3,000 years ago, there were as many Jews as Chinese. So there should be billions and billions of us around. But it hasn't been an easy game to stay Jewish and to stay focused, both intellectually, philosophically, emotionally and spiritually, and survival from oppression has never been an easy thing. Literally, our ancestors and those people who aren't in the room today, well, it's because their ancestors were murdered and they couldn't have children. So we are here, 
as a inexplicable quirk in history. We shouldn't be here. We should not be here. The Jewish people should not exist by any means. The fact that we guys is is an inexplicable um, quandary. So when we recognize that, we think to ourselves, well, okay, so what is the value? What is the value of that component of my identity? Perhaps even one of the questions we asked when we do our character evaluation of ourselves, is it the fundamental part of my identity? Is the tangential part of my identity, this thing being Jewish, is that everything about me or is it something about me? And that's part of that deep search. For me, I want to say it's everything about me and everything else is a, is a, is a consequence of that understanding that this is me. This is me. And that, that Judaism is not a religion, it's not an ism. It's a description of a state of being and therefore when I look at my purpose, it doesn't describe to me how I function in a spiritual context, but how I function in a everything context. Judaism is not an ism. It's a state of being, which means it doesn't tell me what to do when I'm preoccupied with religious obligations. And then I'm going to have a chill and do other stuff. But it informs and describes and enlightens and exposes every thought, every word and every action that I do, very much like a tree where the inner core grows out. Its branches stretch and it produces the fruits through the internal and then the feelings and then the actions. And I suppose the call for us is to look deep inside and figure out what are, what are we? What are we? What are we doing? Where are we going? And possibly one of the best ways of doing that is when we read the script of our lives and we read the script of the words in the Sidur or the Machzor or the Sichas and we feel, is this me? Is this me? And then the, the exploration can begin. Uh, how's that? <laughs> eh? No? Okay? Okay? Good? Yeah? Average? Um, I think because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Please come in. Um, I'll tell you why this is so important because you know you don't want to be miscasted. You don't want to, you don't want to be playing the, the you want you want to, you want to feel that this is me. And we can lose ourselves very easily on every level. Whatever cult- cultural currents are strong, Jewish, non-Jewish, everything. The cultural currents, currents are very strong, and I want you, I want you, I want you at all costs cling onto the me and see my purpose, my direction, what, what I have to do, what I have to contribute, and it's it's work, it's work, and it's it's rewarding, it's engaging, and it's you know it's the real deal, Tomer. What kind of techniques do you recommend? Great question. What kind of techniques do I recommend? What I would honestly recommend is a, if you feel comfortable to journal, journaling is good. Some people don't work well with journaling. Journaling, if you feel comfortable journaling, but it's almost creating a, at least, hypothesis, first draft of what's my anatomy? 
Now, obviously, that's not referring to your physical anatomy, because you can get that with a photo. What's your, uh, what, what am I as a person? Like, what am I? What's, what, what are my drivers? What are my strengths? What are my talents? What are my um, obstructions to the expression of my talents? And based on all of that, the, there's a great analogy that the Choyev Salvavis draws to seeing what we need to do by looking at nature. Now imagine, tell me what you, you are. You've got this gigantic, powerful wingspan. You can glide on the air currents. You've got amazing eyesight that you can see with incredible accuracy hundreds of meters away to the degree that even things which are submerged underwater, your eyesight can gauge their distance even they are sub-aquatic. And you love the taste of fish. What may you be? An elephant! Um, you're probably a fish eagle. I would imagine you're probably a fish eagle. Now, you don't, you, no one told you you're a fish eagle. But you like got the hang of these wings and you've got these big talons as well, which can like slice into scaled flesh. Hmm, that's a good clue. And you love the taste of fish, and you do love the taste, and your eyesight is great. So you coordinate, you coordinate what, what like really drives them, and you, you look at your talents and your skills and your and the way you built, the way you built, and you, then you then you get insight, oh, this is what I have to do. So for example, if you love the, the feeling of an axe in your hand, and you love the sound of trees falling down and the smell of the forest. You should really be a IT a programmer. Program. Go into program. Um, if you like, if you if you feel very comfortable sitting down and you feel most most happy when you're facing a screen, you've got these dainty little fingers fingers which have never touched anything coarse. Lumberjack. So you need to be a lumberjack. So look inside. So I think that's 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 a, that's a kind of a, a, a thought coming up to Rosh Hashanah, coming up to ourselves. I think powerful times, we should utilize them. The more you know what's out there, the more you can access it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. Yeah.